Tempo has reached critical level. Tempo has reached critical level. <laughs> Welcome back. You are in fact listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz's Money Mail. Timberland taking us in in the background there, a bit of bounce instrumental from Shock Value. Gee, throwback to the uni days. What a hell of a tune. Get him, Timberland. wonder what he's up to these days. Anyway, I'm recording this ahead of writing them, and I very rarely do this. I usually, usually write them, then I record them post. Gives people a little bit of a chance to reply. Uh, gives me a couple of extra things to think about and talk about on these. And just gives me a little bit... Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just basically the pattern in which I do it, but uh, I've been away house-sitting this week, and I'm going to do an entire episode on house-sitting for you, and why I go and do that, and how that started, and what the hell that's all about, as part of the 30 from, or 30 in 30 uh, podcast that I've been doing. Hopefully you've been tuning into some of those, and getting a bit of a bit of an insight into maybe uh, some of the things that shaped the way that I think, and the way that I act when it comes to money, and those types of things. Now, uh, welcome if maybe you've found the podcast through the 30 in 30 and now you're listening to some of the Friday newsletters. Now these are written pieces of content that I speak out loud and go into a bit more depth through the podcast as well and we aim to have one of the, the newsletter out 9am every Friday and then the podcast out within the following couple of days. So there's probably, I think this is week number 95, we're nearly at the ton, nearly at the ton. Now this week uh, again, it has been a bloody interesting week out there. I've been away house-sitting, which has been nice, but also when I go up there, I get bloody... Uh, the dog, I think, it it uh, makes me a bit bloody scratchy. Don't oh, I haven't got coronavirus, don't worry. You can't catch it through the podcast anyway, I think, but it's fucking highly transmissible, so maybe you can be careful. Maybe turn this down or put your mask on if you're listening to this or put your mask around your ears, I'm not too sure. But hopefully, uh, if you have come into contact with that, you are looking after yourself as well. But anyway... If I sound a little bit rusty, it's because I've literally just come back from there, I'm back in the city for sort of 24 hours to bash out a shit ton of work and then get back up there for the weekend and enjoy myself and then I'm back into the city from next week. Anyway, let's get into it. The The subject line for this week is, what the fuck is the point? Insert your name here. So if your name is Sarah, it says, what the fuck is the point, Sarah? John, Daniel, whoever you are, uh, you've got to ask yourself, what the fuck is the point? Sorry for the fair bit of aggression there early on. But uh, I'm keen to see what the open rate of this is, given it's quite a catchy, well, it's a pretty in-your-face title, isn't it? But let's get into the content of it. Now, world wars, market crashes, pandemics, floods, endemics, inflation, protests, business closures, the list goes on. How the hell did we get here? And what's the point of carrying on investing when it's all so messy? This week we've seen protests like we've never seen here in New Zealand. Just a quick thing on that. You know, I think I haven't seen protests that have been that dangerous. Our parents talk about uh, protests back against um, uh, in the South African days and that protest, but I don't think you should compare a protest to another protest because if you think about it, I'm 34 now and I can't remember a protest like this this week that's gone. So why are we going, oh, but the... The, the one in the 80s, the South African side of things, that, that was different, that was bigger, and that was more, it, it's like, whoa, 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 you, in my head, like you don't compare a protest. There, there are different circumstances 
that bring about a protest. Now, if people are protesting and it gets that bad, like some shit's really got out of hand to get us to that point. And I'm not saying that I'm um, that I'm supporting the actions of some of these people protesting, but what I'm saying is I think the the thinking to compare a protest to a prior protest in history is very flawed. Because in my mind, I'm like, well, we haven't had any protests, so why are we having protests? What's going on? Why are these people needing to protest? Why are they throwing shit at the police? What the fuck is going on out there? I'm not going, oh, it's happened before. The, you know, there was a bigger one than that, and it was more brutal back in the day. I don't give a shit about that. I'm looking back at the last 20-something years going, fucking hang on. We, we learned from that. We got better. We, we didn't need to get to that point. Now we've ended up there again. And this is the first time a number of people are seeing it. So keep your old protest to yourself. I'm wondering what are we doing wrong here that we could be tidying up. But anyway, that's a 100% tangent. But just something that I spotted whilst talking to older people about protests, how they're very quick to bring up previous protests. I'm like, well, sorry, I wasn't here for those. So I don't know why we're comparing protest to protest. I don't think that's really how it works. But hey, um, maybe that maybe that isn't, and I'm on the wrong track there. But anyway... My, uh, my heart and head goes to how can we resolve things like this and how can we avoid getting ourselves into positions like this and I think um, that we really escalated that protest I think and it, and it got to the, the point where it got to because there was no way to try and find some resolve and that's very easy for me to say from the sidelines and watching on the telly and stuff without being in the middle of it or without really truly trying to understand it but you know I, I think we've all, every single one of us wherever we sit in this country, have to take some responsibility for what went on and go, wow, you know, that's not pretty. That's not a good reflection of us as a nation. And we need to be careful uh, if we end up going back there again or, or what happens from here after this. But anyway, a very, very ugly week in New Zealand history and very easy to turn a blind eye to and maybe compare with prior things that have happened. But if I can't compare it to my peaceful last 20 years that I can recall on, um, it's, it's, not, it's not good stuff. Now, anyway, back to the investing side of things. There's no doubt how some people are feeling right now is that what the fuck is the point investing when it's all so rocky? Now, you can't blame some people for thinking like this because it's very, very rocky and fragile out there. Now, I'm not going to lie. Even I've struggled to figure out whether I should continue to invest or maybe just sit on my cash. I think I've told you previously that I've been sitting on a bit of cash recently and I'm thinking, what do I invest in? Should I buy some more Bitcoin? Do I buy some of the stocks that I've already got? You know, what what am I going to put some money into? And I've brought a couple of funds and I've brought a couple of shares that uh, I've, I've held previously and know about those businesses. But I just haven't been inspired to be investing because really every time I look, it's just going backwards and backwards. And I think we've lost our entire gains since COVID. And, um, you know, it only looks like we're probably going one way and that, and that is backwards at the moment as well. But I do know that sitting on my excess cash won't help me in the long term. I need to trust the process and invest in businesses that are paying dividends because that helps subsidise part of my rent. Now, you would know through listening to this that part of my strategy is to invest into businesses that pay a dividend that will then help subsidise my rent because I do not own my own home. So I try to build assets that then allow me to pay for my living expenses so that my cost of living, including my rent and the price of food and whatnot going up, doesn't impact me as much. So I'm always trying to invest my spare cash into companies and businesses that are successful, look like they'll have longevity and will have an ability to pay me a dividend. If the market changes for them, then I'll need to make a decision. Is this still the asset that it was when I purchased it? Can they still generate me a dividend? If not, and I've copped the loss, well maybe I have to cop some of that loss and sell it and buy an asset that is providing me with a dividend. So 
That is my overall strategy. So to sit on cash is not actually me taking any action into my strategy, is it? It's me being scared and me waiting for a better time to buy or simply not taking any action because of emotion rather than being rational because these businesses are still paying the same dividends, if not more, than when uh, I'd previously looked. So really, I was just slowing down my own progress. Now, if you or I weren't investing or saving, what would we do with that money? As an example, I've just had that money sitting there. And what I've noticed is that when I've gone away or done things, I've thought, ah, well, fuck it, you know, I've got that cash sitting there. And that's a habit that I've had throughout my life. If I have access to cash, eventually my brain will find a way to spend it or to wreck it or to buy an extra round or to buy a cologne that I don't need or to buy some shit, right? Because I think, well, I've got it there, so I might as well use it. And that's why that great saying, out of sight, out of mind, is very, very good. One thing that I do is I transfer some money over to my sister and I say, hey, you hold on to this, don't give it back to me. And it means that I build up some savings and I have an emergency fund effectively that I can call upon if I really need it. But it's not sitting in my bank account, so it's out of sight and it is out of mind. But it goes on to my financial position that I do each month and I track my assets and my liabilities and that sits there. So I do remember how much is sitting there, as does she. And if shit really hits the fan for me or if I decide I'm going to invest some of it, she will send it back. But that means that it's not within arm's length for me to swipe away or tap and go as can happen with the old pay wave or even just uh, tapping your phone these days. Now, that said, so if you or I weren't investing in s- or, or saving, what would we do with that money? If you're anything like me before my discipline days, because I'm a bit more disciplined these days, you'll be rinsing it on shit you don't need or food and drink you also don't need. Now, usually we adjust our lifestyle to match our level of income. That's why it is important to pay yourself i.e. savings and investing first, and then learn to live off of the rest. Great tip there. We've spoken about this before. As soon as you get paid, pay down some debt, clear off some of that credit card, invest some, save some, you know, what? pay yourself first, do something for yourself. It's, it's a methodology you can take through to your life. When you get up in the morning, don't get caught an hour deep into social media. Get up, do something that's healthy for you. Um, work on yourself, whether it's some learning before you go into work and work for your employer, Listen to a podcast like this to learn something. You know, what are you doing for yourself? How are you paying yourself when you start the day? You can apply that tactic across your entire life, including, you know, that's why so many people go to the gym in the morning because they want to make sure that they get that workout in and they're working on themselves rather than going to work for somebody else for the rest of the day. So be sure that you are trying to pay yourself and then learning to live off of the rest. Now, the IRD don't take your tax and KiwiSaver at the end of the week. Now, do they? Eh? No. Of course they don't. They take it as soon as you get paid and you don't even see it. So they're not waiting till Friday, well Saturday 3am after you've had your Friday drinks or gone out and done whatever at your dinner and then kicked on by mistake because you've had your arm twisted to go, oh hey by the way, hey Andrew, hey John, hand us over your tax money, you're good on you, thank you, fuck that, they're not going to trust you with that. They are taking it before they even send it to you. So remember, that if they're doing it, well, there's a reason that they're doing it, because they don't trust you, and you shouldn't trust yourself either, and I couldn't trust myself years ago, and I still can't at times, so we've got to put things in place that ensure that we beat some of these systems. Now, if it's good enough for the ID, if it's good enough for KiwiSaver and the crew to make sure that they get a clip of our wages before we get it, then it's good enough for us to put in the, the same tactic in place. Now, here is a cliche term for you. Nothing good happens in your comfort zone, but it's pretty bloody accurate, isn't it? We love comfort and we seek it, but sometimes I remind myself to run into fear because I know I'll gain so much from making it through to the other side. 
Here's another Ripper one-liner. And this is actually the thought that I had earlier in the week that helped this podcast, well, yeah, this podcast and this lesson become a lesson. Now, this is the line that I started with, and then the rest of this lesson has come off the back of me thinking about this. Now, it is that it's not always about what you earn, it's about what you learn. So don't just look at investing as a way to log back in and see if you've earned another few bucks. That's what we're very guilty of, right? We're checking for progress. We're humans. We're like, right, are my shares, that cost me 100 bucks, are they worth 110 what the hell? They're worth 98. They're worth 97. They're worth 96. You know, but what did you learn during that process? It's not always about what did you earn. Now, don't just look at your investing like that, okay? Because otherwise, you're going to miss what else you're getting out of investing. Now, some of my most valuable lessons have been from my biggest failures. We can learn from our mistakes. Sometimes it takes a few times to make the same mistakes to ensure that we end up learning too. And no doubt, you've got a few examples of that yourself, and I certainly do. When investing, ask yourself, what did you learn during the process? Who have you become during the process? It might not be investing in the stock market, but perhaps yourself, that brave question for a raise, that process of finding a new job, that ask you didn't feel comfortable doing. You know, what have you learned through that process, whether you've asked for a pay rise? What did you have to go through? You've had to beat fear, you've had to accept that you might get a no, you've had to accept rejection, you've had to figure out what you're going to do. You know, think about all of those types of things of what you learn when you go through a process of investing. Investing isn't just giving sharesies or direct broking or ASB securities or KiwiSaver your money. You're investing all the time in the decisions that you make and what content you choose to consume, what you're choosing to learn about, whether you're going to watch the news or not, who you're going to hang out with. All of those decisions are effectively a way for you to invest. So think about what you're getting out of that when you're doing it and think about what you were learning. You might learn through a bad relationship that you invest time into that you got treated like absolute shit and it removed all of your confidence and then you went downhill at your work and then you went downhill mentally, physically, all of those things. You can tie it back to the original investment and go, wow, what did I learn? That if I end up with that type of person or let myself get treated like that, I'm going to end up with X, Y and Z as outcomes. What are you learning through the process of investing? It's not just about shares, okay? So what did you learn, not what did you earn. Oh, I feel like I've drummed that one into here. Some very valuable stuff there. Now, I have to find out where, uh, where we were. These are the moments when we really learn, and when we learn, we usually increase our ability to earn. That's something that I've definitely learned. The more that I've learned, the more I've been able to help people, and the more then I've ended up earning. As an example, my accounting uh, business, if a client has a problem, and if I can solve it, and if I can do it quickly there's a high chance that I'm more valuable to them and there's a high chance that I can uh, charge them uh, a fee to do that and earn something. So remember to keep learning and think about what you're learning and how you can make yourself more and more valuable as you go as well because usually it ensures that you become more valuable as you get going. So when have you come, or where have you come from when you look back at your savings, your invest, investing journey? Now think about looking back at whether you've started paying down some debt or whether you've started investing or whether you've started saving, you know, where did you come from? That's, that's as much as what investing is about too in these tough times is actually looking back and going, well, okay, I've, I've stuck to this and I had no money put aside. I didn't have an emergency account. Now I've got that sorted. I've paid off my credit card. You know, Think about the lessons. <coughs> Excuse me, that uh, house sitting trip is catching up on me. And think about what you've learned through that journey and be able to look back at where you have come from. Now, who have you become in your pursuit of clearing your credit card? What did you learn during the process? 
let's be frank, the world is pretty fucked right now, but the sun always seems to rise and we go again. It's something I always try and remind myself when I see the sun coming up is that, wow, for all the shit that I care about, the sun doesn't care. It just turns up again, day after day, and says, we're doing it again. And that's a very good way to strip out some of your emotion of the things that you're worrying about, the things that you think are massively important. The sun doesn't care. And I think um, our boy, the comedian, says it, doesn't he? Uh, what's his name? Real short guy. Always does stuff with the rock. Anyway, he says, sun don't fucking stop. Sun don't fucking stop for nobody. And it's so true. The sun just shows up day after day. So it's a good reminder for us to, to pull all of our human thinking and just go, well, the sun is just showing up for us and we get to go again. Now, habits create consistency and consistency creates results. The habits we build along the way and the things that we learn are the things that help us be better for our families and our communities. Don't give up on your good habits just because the world has given up on some of its good habits at the moment. Before you go, remember that when you feel like giving up, it is usually the time you have the most to gain. That is a very, very powerful lesson and something I learned a long time ago. And I try to remember when I feel like giving up and I feel like quitting and I I can feel myself tying it back to football. So I must have learned it back in the days with football and probably with fitness training and chasing people on the field to try and defend them from scoring a goal and ensuring that uh, our team got beaten, you know, so I was trying to stop that from happening. So uh, stop that from happening. So remember that when you feel like giving up, it is usually the time you have the most to gain. And even like running up a hill, for instance, when you feel like you want to give up, that's when that's when really you're starting to hit your limit. And if you don't give up, you get to push through it and you actually get to gain the most. So if you feel like right now, fuck it, there's no point investing, this is just shit and why should I even save money and I should just bloody blow it all and I should live it up and I should go and do this and that and that because you know, you got to live your life and all the stuff that we get pumped at us to ensure that we do keep spending money to keep consumerism going, you've got to remember that these are the times where when you feel like giving up, you've probably got the most to gain. And maybe, just maybe, you look back at a purchase in terms of a share or investment that you make right now, whether it's a book to help you learn or whether it is shares on the stock market. And in two years time, you look back and you go, wow, I was so close to giving up because just what the fuck's the point. But I actually invested in that book or that share. And now I look back and and look how much I've gained from it from actually doing it. We don't know these things until we get to look back. And as Steve Jobs from Apple used to say, you can only connect the dots by looking backwards. So, you know, Do not give up when these times get tough and when things get tough for you in your life. Remember, they are good challenges and tests for us that ensure that we are going to gain even more and we can learn even more from them and become even more powerful people. Now, a reminder that in March I'm releasing 30 audio lessons, i.e. podcasts from stories throughout my life for 30 days. There are four waiting for you, I think... There's probably, yeah, it should be four by the time you get this Friday email. Uh, but anyway, there'll be 31st of March through to the 30th of March. That's my birthday on the 30th of March. Um, and I would have dusted 30 lessons. So I've still got a heap of those to record. And I hope that you enjoy them. You might enjoy my candid episode number three about financing lazy boys and supersized king beds in my early 20s. Why? Because I could. That's the answer. That's the only reason I did it. Because I could. What a fucking idiot. Uh, but how stupid is that? You know, that's the things that we do. When you get excited and think, oh, wow, I don't even need the money to buy this beard or this lazy boy. I can use finance because I've got a good income to finance it again, against, and I'll go and do it. So that's exactly what I did. So I talked through some of those lessons and some of the stupid things that I did um, back in those days. But uh, I'm, I'm still prone to making those same decisions. So I've got to try and remind myself, oh, is that a smart thing to do, Luke? And uh, often they can be so tempting. So I'm sure people that are using buy now, pay later, 
and those types of things. You might think it's amazing and such a good technology, but um, you know it, it may not be. It, it may just be you getting stuck in a trap of buying shit that you don't need because you can, and so you will because your mates can. So you think, well, I better as well. I actually saw a loan today. I think I'll do a keep the change on this. I saw a $500 interest-free loan, and I thought, oh, I might even apply for this to see what the process is because I was like, there's got to be a trap here. I didn't even need to apply for it, but before I found out what the problem is, it's fucking $100 to apply for this interest-free loan, which you get to pay back in 90 days. So they give you $500 over 90 days for free, for free, but you pay a $95 setup fee, which is 19%. That's 19% of the total bloody value of the loan that you have to pay back as well. And no doubt, I don't know what happens whether they finance that or they charge you for that up front, but probably, just probably, uh, they bill it over the time and, well, or, or they don't and you've got to pay it at the end, who knows, and if you can't, then you're probably paying some ridiculous amount of interest on it as well. But, you know, just because buy now, pay later offer you interest-free and effectively a way to you know, use an automatic payment, remember someone's probably whacking some margin into that somewhere. I got a Subway the other day, for instance, and the difference in price in store versus Uber Eats was fucking ridiculous. And when I looked at the receipt that I got on the Uber Eats thing, I, I couldn't even work it out. I'm like, wow, in store, they know that this is an Uber Eats order, so then they've bumped on some extra margin on it as well. And on top of what they'd normally charge if I was going in there, then Uber Eats would charge me a service fee as well. So I probably might even, I might even, there's probably two keep the changes that I can do there and go and review what the fuck is going on with both of those so we can try and figure it out. But convenience costs money, that's for sure. But don't get sucked into the trap of these shiny objects of cheap cash because we're paying for it in some way or another. That lazy boy, for instance, was probably marked up because I was going to be using finance. Often what happens with vehicles is that, if you finance them, you pay more than if you're paying in cash because they're like, oh, well, you're financing it, fuck it, we'll put some margin into this uh, finance as well and you, you don't know and you just finance it and off you go. So yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's that was in lesson number three. So day number three, if you do want to hear some of those yarns about me buying Lazy Boys and Super King Size beds back in my early 20s. Now, I want you to have the best weekend you've ever had. Uh, you are one of 5,290-odd recipients is there someone you could forward this to or put something on your social media? I would love that. We need more people learning. Did you know that fighter jets are worth around $100 million each? I was looking, I was trying to figure out what the cost of a jet is because I'd seen how many jets have been shot down or um, ex- exploded or blown up during this issue of Ukraine and Russia and just thought, holy shit, this, it's so expensive. And I was talking to my dad about it and I said, mate, like, this fucking crazy, the, the cost of war is astronomical. And we look at all these problems we've got in the world, but then we're committing all this money to war and defending ourselves effectively. Not that New Zealand has too much to, uh, well, we've got a lot to defend, but we don't uh, have a lot of uh, ability to do it by the looks compared to some of these other countries. But uh, he said, I think it's called the, the argument, the dove versus the hawk or something. So I might have to go and research that. But anyway, I was looking at what jets cost and... I was even looking at, you can go for a flight in a jet in Mount Monganui, Tauranga, I think it's four grand for a couple of hours, but you're only in the air for about 40. Uh, but I might save up and do that, because I've always been fascinated by planes and jets and stuff, so I might have to put that on the old bucket list. But anyway, I found this jet, it's an F-35 Lightning II, and I think it was in America they were going to replace the, the F-16 Hornet or some shit like that. You've got no idea what I'm talking about. This is a foreign language or this jet stuff. But anyway, they were going to replace this other type of jet. 
and these fucking things have a, excuse my language, have a, a, a lifetime cost of $2.35 trillion. $2.35 trillion to run one of these jets for its lifetime. And each hour that they're in the air, it's about 50 grand New Zealand. That's crazy. That is just, yeah, it's so much cash. But anyway, um, maybe if you want to make a lot of money, you should start making jets, fighter jets. I don't think any of those things are running on bloody um, solar energy too. Isn't it amazing how we're so keen on, um, you know, decreasing carbon and becoming carbon neutral and, and these types of terms and stuff, which I still have to research further to really understand. But um, when a war comes, it doesn't seem that anyone cares about that sort of shit. They're like, well, we're just going to burn all this fuel at any one time and drop these rockets and stuff. And it's just, there's just no thinking of uh, global warming and, those types of issues when uh, when war or um, warfare is, is undertaken. But anyway, that's just where my brain goes to when these things happen. I just think that ultimately humans are driven by self-interest and as much as we'd like to solve some of these things, uh, humans will ordinarily do the thing that is, is in their best interest, which sounds very selfish, but um, it, it is, if you look at a number of things that happen around the world, they are usually... Um, done out of self-interest and there's not thought for the consequences of those but again another rabbit hole I'm making it sound like humans really bad people but uh, some people can be but also there's a lot of amazing people out there as well so uh, let's get into that another time be careful if you're bloody um, you know googling your fighter jets and stuff you might get scared at how much they cost but also if your kid wants to start developing the next fighter jet that would be good I'm not sure I've got enough money to help you invest in starting that business because they're going to probably need a fair bit but uh, that's obviously where the cash is anyway I hope you've enjoyed that lesson like I say a daily pod all through March so get through some of those and have a bit of fun with them too I'm literally just sitting down and hitting record and make no notes and nothing like that I'm just recalling previous life experiences and trying to figure out how I can teach you something look after yourselves out there otherwise I'll see you next Friday